Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, 80s muff, decapitated pedophilic doctors, spring-loaded cats, glow stick reagent, Arnold stunt double, assertive mad scientist with conviction, a Nancy boy protagonist, and Lovecraftian Easter egg. Listener discretion is advised. Spark and Movie Review, episode... 83. A great head on his shoulders, and on his desk. Yes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Movie Review, some podcast inventing reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and what's up. And returning once again from haywireseries.com... Lou. Yes, not to be confused with Lou Boo. Lou Boo. Don't play Dynasty Warriors? No. Yeah. <laughs> the character's name is Lou Boo, but... Um, yeah, so... So, yes. And actually, I was on one of the episodes playing someone who would fit perfectly in this movie, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a, that was an interesting experience. Of course, forget. Um, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. Uh, I'm thinking about putting the movies on spirekinmovie.net. We're, we're going to see about that. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on iTunes. You can check out Lou's... Haywire Series at haywireseries.com and they're on YouTube and let's see now. We should get right into it, but you know what? Uh, Part of me thinks we should do emails, but eh, we'll just get right into it. So, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark Movie, we rolled that one, that only. Dodecahedron of movies. Yep, and it dictated that we'd be reviewing a movie which actually is a remake of a book written by one man. A very, well, creative... Yeah, creative. He he was xenophobic. He was racist. He was bizarre. And we're talking about Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Ooh, the man, the myth. Yeah, a guy who was born in 1890. Yeah, he died young too. Yeah, I think he did. He blow his brains out, or no? I don't. Did he kill himself? I don't. Uh, I don't know. I know is he was very crazy. Yeah. And if he was alive today, he would start the most shitty emo band possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like, 
Edgar Allan Poe mixed with Stephen King mixed with Ray Bradbury. Yeah, I mean, he was all over the place because I mean, his his stuff, you know, transcended a lot of different, you know, mythos. Is like a lot of it was space oriented, you know, other dimensions and just you know, just just you know, organic horror. So I don't know. He had a, he had a, he had a good way of mixing a lot of these things. Uh, yeah, he went all over the place. It was always never about I'm going to show you what the monster is. It's always the what the it's the ambiance it's what the scary the right. what the the feeling is because it's so undescribable that it will drive you mad if it was gonna happen yeah yeah and in the original story about this that was the case it was constantly like the narrator's talking and then he kind of just say and then that next the next day people were screaming and horrible things happened and i don't know what happened next right. chapter yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always a description of you know the beast or the monster that couldn't you know be named, and you know I don't know. It was it was always like you know to to know it would be to drive you insane. So uh, I can't you know I'm I'm too traumatized to uh, to describe it. Yeah, and the the story we're talking about, uh, the original story, is called Herbert West Reanimator, and it was remade by i know usually we do the actors and whatnot but this is something a little different it's based on a novel so we should go the route mm. and it was uh directed by Stuart gordon now some of you may know this guy um i pretty much remember him just from really robot jocks and Diagon, which was another remake of lovecraft's books but that one was half spanish or was Tagala or some mm. something um uh, funny that you did the pit and the pendulum, and you, you know you did mention uh, Poe. So, and I, I definitely remember Fortress. Yeah, he, that, that was the that's the Christopher Lambert. Yes, the right? one where it's the, you can't have more than one kid or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was also he also did From Beyond, another remake <laughs> of. This guy was like, I love you, H.P. Lovecraft. I'm going to remake all your fucking movies. But then he did. Oh, he did the wonderful ice cream suit. That's just he's like horror movie, horror movie, horror movie. The wonderful ice cream suit starring Joe Mantellona. Mm, space Truckers. Castle Freak. Uh, it, he's kind of pigeonholed, I guess, a little bit. He, he does a lot of he does a lot of the darker stuff, I guess, you know. But you know. he has a couple of comedies, so he's like in a weird place. But honey, I shrunk the kids. Well, as a writer. Okay, yeah. but still, so he's he does do some comedy, so. We can't say he's completely... Mm. Oh, he produced the sequel, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Never mind. Yeah. So he's... Thank you, Stuart. So, yeah, why? And then it was paid for and produced by Brian Yuzna, who I know he did something. He did uh, Progeny. The, he did The Giver. And he did Warlock. Oh, The Giver. Oh. And, and one of the, the Silent Night... Warlock. Oh. As a producer, though. I still say the second Warlock was better than the first movie. The mm. first one was terrible, but the second one was... Well, we'll save that for the Warlock podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or the Guyver podcast, which is still... well. Oh, he did Crying Freeman. Alright, he's the man. Crying Freeman is awesome. He paid for it. Ah. And he was also... In other words, he got people to invest in it. Yes. Pretty much. That is his. That was his role in this. And then, um, like I said, it was written by originally H.P. Lovecraft and was fixed by Stuart Gordon and... Dennis Paoli, Paoli, however that you pronounce that name, and it's starring a bunch of people we don't know who the hell they are. No, seriously, it is starring Al Berry. Al Berry? Yes, Al Oh, Barry. yes. 
Yeah, this is this is. Uh, I don't know if this was planned or just like, maybe it's just a common name that you know. They were like, oh, just pick any old name, uh, Hans Gruber. And all I'm thinking of is Hans Gruber from from Nakatomi Tower, <laughs> saying, "What did you say? Yippee kaye, motherfucker!" <laughs> it's like, oh, Doctor Hans Gruber. Yeah, and then it's starring. You have Robert Sampson as Dean Halsey, and then. David Gale is the villain of the piece, Dink Dink. Mm. Dr. Carl Hill. Yeah. Yeah, Barbara Crampton, who's Megan Helsley. You have Bruce Abbott as Dan Kane. Not to be confused with Dean Kane, because I was thinking that for a second. It's like, yeah, that it's like Dean. Of, Dean Kane? What? <laughs> that came, yeah, that went through my mind, too. But, uh, yeah, Dr. Dan. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Dan. Yes, Dr. Dan. And then, starring Jeffrey Combs, who a lot of you may, if you watch Justice League... This is the voice of the question. Or if you've watched The Frighteners, he was the crazy FBI agent who thought people were able to read his minds. Yeah, the one with the scar, right? Yep. Yeah, the, yeah, the, weird... yeah. Yeah, the, the suit on his chest. You're like, what the hell's he's, wrong? He's a, he's a pretty pretty darn good uh, character actor, this guy. He is good at playing creepy or obsessed or... Yeah. It's in the eyes. It's in the eyes. And now he's got the, the, the stash from the last movie we reviewed. Look at him. He has the stash. Oh, yeah. The, oh, 80s, 80s guy? Yeah. He's got the 80s guy stash now. Okay. Nice. Although I can't say I've never seen him in the in the horror con circuit. At least not a chiller. But maybe I just haven't noticed. But. I, he's gone to Comic-Con. I know that. Mm. I would like to see him at Chiller Theater. Chiller Theater. Yes, Chiller Theater. I was going to say, I was like, wait, is it Chiller Theater? It is. It isn't. Chiller Con, Chiller Theater, whatever. Anyway, so this movie came out in... Actually, first off, before I forget, the music was done by Richard Brand, and I just want to see if he did work on it. And he worked on Puppet Master. He worked on Reanimator. He worked on Bride of Mirror. He worked on Transers. He worked on Pendulum. Worked on Prison. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Puppet Master? Is that what it's about? Yes, and he worked on Troll. Hmm. So he's done a lot of B horror. Uh, Dollman versus Demonic Toys. Yeah, he's done a Castle lot of Castle Freak. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of B horror this too. And apparently he um, wanted to. I want to say, the nice way to say it would be to pay homage to. Bullshit! Uh, he stole it. <laughs> <laughs> or or he plagiarized uh, the psycho theme because I mean it's 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 very very close. It was, yeah, the 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 main theme for this is the psycho theme, which kind of works, especially with the main character. Now, um, how would you describe in how would you explain what Reanimator is to people who've never seen it before? Oh, last thing, came out in eighty five, budgeted nine hundred thousand dollars, made two million, so it was a success. It doubled its money. What's the tagline for the movie? Herbert West has a good head on his shoulders and another on his desk. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. So, what would you? So, how would you explain what this movie is about? Uh, basically, it's a mad scientist that wants to overcome death. I guess he wants to be able to extend life. I mean, he says it himself. He wants to. He wants to become famous and live many lives. So, you know, that's. I guess in his mind, it's it's eternity. He wants to be eternal. Yeah, it's it goes into love. It's part of it is Lovecraft's belief because if you've ever heard of it, he was a major atheist. He didn't believe that God existed, or if he did, he said that the universe is evil and cruel and this and that. And all life is is it's a bunch of 
chemical, it's your body and chemistry, and that's all it is. And the thing is, when you die, you're, everything is still there. You still have all your, your memories and your things there, but the problem is that once brain death happens, what can you do? Mm. And so this premise is that Dr. Herbert West creates a reagent which supposedly will bring things back from the dead. And when you first see him, he brought back his professor, maybe? Right. Uh, uh, well, Dr. Hans Gruber. Yes, in, 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 in Zurich Institute of Medicine in Switzerland. Right, yes. And then... Where, where you know, apparently the, you know, the, the police, you know, were straight from the Aryan Academy because... Uh, yeah. It's funny, like, the first person you see in the movie with dark hair is the bad guy, or what you perceive to be the bad guy, because it's, you know, Herbert West. Yes, and also you see the fact that they're going to kill him and they're going to arrest him. They're taking him away, and then the next scene you see him, he's perfectly fine. It's yeah. like, oh, hey, oh no, you know, they, uh, I was extradited. <laughs> he's like, yeah. So he ends up going to Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts. Nice. Yes. Uh, for those of you who kn- know the name Arkham, yes, it's similar to Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum is actually homage to Lovecraft's invented town. Like in, was it Stormcast? It's Newcastle, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. in Kurt King. In the Kings. Yeah, yeah. in Derry, in Derry. And, right, right, right. Uh, I forgot the other ones, but I bet you all these towns are like right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, there's, a, there, hey, hey, come over here. We'll, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Pennywise, go, go, go next door. You can, you can deal with the guy with the head in his desk. Some crazy shit. But he but he ends up going to this school in Mescatonic, and he's going there to further his studies. And the dean, who, well, dean's, I don't know if he has a, a daughter complex or what, but he's a little out there, and he introduces him to his top student, Dan Kane. Dr. Dan, who is ironically dating his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's very convenient. Hey, let's keep the cast really tight and small, so oh. we'll have him dating the dean's daughter. And that's how everyone knows him. And he's a horrible doctor, apparently, because when he walks past the morgue guy, the morgue guy's like, hey, you got another one, huh? He's like, yep. 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 <sighs> Filled my quota for the day. I mean, how many people has he freaking killed at this point? Because he's constantly like, I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to lose this one. Well, I, my, my theory is that he, in that scene, he brings the body to the morgue, and, you know, there's the, you know, the, the corpse's arm kind of flails out, and he's all creeped out about it, and he's kind of pushing it aside, and... It's like, so I think he's got this, uh, he's, he's creeped out by dead bodies, so this is why he really wants to keep, you know, everybody alive, because he doesn't want to deal with death. <laughs> and the, the irony of the situation. Right. He's, so anyway, he puts up a sign to, to, for a roommate, and Herbert shows up with his creepy, just scariness, after a very great transition scene. Yes. No, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, and full tip within three minutes. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, it was probably with less than five minutes. I think we got we got breast. Oh, and this, this movie has everything in it. I'm surprised, and it's it, it's not rated. So I was like, whoa, I was kind of shocked by it. Um, but from here, he ends up rent. This guy rents a room with him, and they don't even really do anything. Like, oh, you got to sign the paperwork. No, he's like, here's a lot of cash. I want your basement. Yep. It's like, okay. This will be the perfect mad scientist laboratory. It's like, this is perfect. I'll go there. Don't go in my room. With the mini fridge. Yes. <laughs> and there's a bunch of other horrible things. And, oh, before I forget, there's the other villain of the piece, which is the faculty member, Dr. Carl Hill. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Who is, um... I don't want to say he's a douchebag, but he's, um... He's an opportunist. Yeah, yeah. He's an opportunist. He, he is creepy in and of a, you know, you know, on his own. He's definitely, uh... Pedophile? Yeah, I guess. You could say he's a pedophile. We, we were we were debating about this because he has a fixation with the dean's daughter, who is, as you said, dating Dan, and he has a whole folder of her stuff with lockets of her hair and tissues, and I think a piece of her skirt. Yeah, I think that's a, yeah supposed to be a piece of her skirt, but also you know like yeah the the clipping of her an article written about her being the school sweetheart, high school sweetheart. So of course that puts her high school age, which means that he's a pedophile. Yes, he is. It's specifically for this girl. Yeah. And he's just really creep, creepy and just very set in his ways. And they even hints that he actually plagiarized his work from other people. Yeah. The only thing that he has created is what looks like a, one of those fire torch cigarette lighters, which is actually a laser drill. Right, yeah, for laser lobotomy. He actually kind of reminds me of Fred Gwynn. Yeah. He had a, he had a Herman Monsterish kind of, he had that long... He yeah, does with the head. the long that chin and that and also right. that horrible toupee. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, that horrible toupee he has on. Before we go any further, the special effects is always eighty five tastic. It's all practical effects and it's done really well. And you see, they all had fun doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever there's like a lot of blood splatter and stuff, you know that. You know, the, I guess it's fun for the actors because they get hit with this stuff and they have to react. And then you know, as soon as they yell "cut." They're probably giggling like, you know, like, like you know, idiots, you know, like, ah, this is great, you know, look at the blood on me. I would have liked to have heard the, the commentary on this to see what their reaction is. It says the cast commentary was on the DVD. Yes, or some, some behind-the-scenes uh, footage would be would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's done well. The, the shots are a little bizarre, though. Yeah, they, they made some weird choices. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Should we chronologically, or should we just get to that? Yeah, chronologically, yeah. Okay, so from this point, you have... Um, you discover that Herbert created, as we said, this reagent, and he his first subject you see him in is uh, Meg's dead cat Rufus. Now, first off, well, Rufus. I think it's Dan's. Oh, it's Dan's. Yeah, because it's yeah, Dan lives with with Herbert, and right, yeah, because it's it's his place. Yeah, it is his. Yeah, so yeah, it's, so it's his yeah. dead cat Rufus. Right. And it's a very creepy scene because it's it's done well. It's partially done really terribly, but it also it's done in a good way, because it's you see the cat on his back, and well, that's that's ridiculous looking, of course. It's ridiculous, know. but then the rest of it is you don't see it, you just hear it running around, it sounds, at one point it sounds like it's in the air like it's flying, like, <laughs> it's in the ductwork! It's like, how the hell did it get there? It's got wings! It's, it's mutated into a, a, a bat cat! <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and you never see it again. Um, you know, and I think they, they made some you know, sound is always great for, for, for intensifying, you know, that, you know, that, that creepy feeling. So, so you, you hear the noise of it scurrying along and it's crying and, and then you have the, you know, they just happen to hit the, the one light in the room. That's one of those suspended lights. And now it's swinging and it's, you know, the light is moving back and forth and casting all these weird shadows. And, you know, that, that works. It's, oh, yeah. it's, and, it's effective. And have you heard, I went in the surround, as I was listening to it. It actually moved, so I'm guessing if you heard it in surround sound, we saw it in the theater, it, it would it'd be, it'd be running around. And you'd be like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I would love to see it in theaters. See, see these things. But so they kill the, they re-kill the cat, and then they bring it back where it's halved. Yeah, well, they bludgeon it. 
you know, they bludgeon it apart, and, uh, you know, so its its head is bashed in, it's bleeding from the mouth, it's got all these wounds. Its, and, its know, back is, is broken. Broken, yeah, its spine is sticking out, and, you know. And, and West explains to Dan, I've conquered death. I, I want you to be my partner because you're smart. You're a good lackey. And he's like... Right. And he's like, okay, George. Okay, yeah. okay, Herbert. I will be your, your lab assistant. I'll be your lackey. <laughs> and he's just... I don't know. And so they go, end up breaking into the... Well, after an altercation where the dean finds out and he's all pissed off, like, you, you're expelled. Well, yeah, so, so, so Dr. Dan, well, well, Meg, Meg, Meg sees the cat, you know, revived even after seeing it dead in his refrigerator in his room, the mini fridge. And, uh, now it's, you know, it comes back to life. She's creeped out and she's traumatized and, you know, Kane wants to tell, you know, the Dean like, Hey, this guy's actually stumbled upon something. But the Dean, of course, conveniently doesn't want anything to hear about it because all of a sudden now he cares, you know, what Dr. Dan is doing with his daughter. Yeah, no, it's just, he he's, and also, you get that kind of vibe that he's also kind of really, not daughter-daughter relationship, but he's very concerned about her and wants to make her, make sure she's safe or he wants to protect her, he wants to make sure no one touches her except him. We don't really know, but he's being a caring father and thinks this guy's a psycho. He says, look, here's the deal. You're a good student, but the fact that you're with, hanging out with this nut job is not helping you. He's expelled, and you have to send give me a two-page apology letter so you can stay here, or else I'm going to get your loan canceled, which I don't think you can freaking do, but for the purpose of the movie, that's the case. Exactly, yeah. So it's the stereotypical, you, you're out, and there's nothing you can do, and so the two doctors say, okay, so we have nothing left, so we're going to go to the break-in and cause experiments anyway, dealing with the inept. <laughs> yeah, so they're all in at this point. Yeah, they, they you know, they, what what else do they have to lose? Well, certainly a Herbert doesn't have anything to lose. He's gotten kicked out already. So, yeah, so Kane's like, well, you know, I, I, he believed, well, he, he saw firsthand that this thing works, so why not continue the experiment? Yeah. And prove to the Dean that, you know, this guy wasn't talking shit. Yes, and so they, after bamboozling the inept security guard, who I think was too busy reading his boudoir. His boudoir magazine. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah. How many coffee breaks does he fucking take? Yeah, well, convenient. It's always about a convenient coffee break, you know? But, uh, we can't can't have them around here um, while there's, (laughs) you know, while there's uh, two guys in cahoots trying to uh, break into the morgue. Yeah. He just walks away. He's like, oh, whatever, I'm going to wear a coffee or I still think he's in the bathroom. Yeah. Then when all the shit comes down, he's just like, yeah, fuck this. Well, he's got Boudoir Magazine. He's trying to, he's got to rub one out, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little early for that, but <laughs> but also, I mean, where where is he going to go? I mean, does he have to go upstairs? I mean, I don't think there's a coffee machine down there. I really don't. Yeah, and who stations a, who stations a security guard right by the morgue? You know? Like he it, says, who's going to break in? Yeah. Well, these two guys, but... So they break in and they look through all the different bodies and they, they go. They have to find a fresh body or the freshest body. And, and they find Arnold. They find Listen. Arnold's stunt double. Yep. He's actually been. He's done a lot of other Arnold movies. He did uh, Last Action Hero. Uh, he's he's done he's done quite a few Arnold flicks and there was a few other things. Yeah, his name was Melvin the Reanimated. Yeah, Melvin the Reanimated. Yes, and he's a pretty big guy. He was in Terminator Two. He was. He was also in Human Target. 
Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, I think he was in Total Recall as well. Um, Dark Angel, Viper, a lot. He was um, in Lois and Clark, The New Adventure Superman. He's in Baywatch. Of course. Yeah, Tales from the Crypt. Oh, check that out, huh? He was in Total Recall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Knots Landing. And the probably of several <laughs> other series and yeah. movies that he's in. But he's, he he goes and he goes crazy. Because that's the one thing that you, you discover with the re- reanimate. Because it makes them go crazy and they get super hyper retard strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's you know, and we you know we were talking about this earlier. It's kind of like Pet Cemetery. You know, when they come back, they always come back kind of messed up and twisted. You know, the brain was dead for a little while, so yeah, they're evil now. Yeah, you know, they're just they're uncontrollable, kind of animalistic. So yeah, it's it's, but you know, anyway. And and Herbert is constantly like, and that's thing I like is that he is so obsessed with this. It doesn't matter. Like when he's waiting and waiting and like we gotta go, we gotta go now. And he's like, it's like it failed. He's like, I didn't fail. He failed. It right. was his fault. Right. So let's increase the amount of our reagent and another 30 cc's. Which is bad. And then he comes retard strong and kills the ends up killing the dean and, and hulking out. Right. And then they kill him using a bow saw, bone saw to his chest. Right. Which, you know, didn't really make sense. But, you know, usually because it's a, it's a horizontal cutting instrument and he went straight through his chest, which would be impossible. But... Hey, you know, it's a B movie. It's a... Mm, well, I mean, I could see it if he turns it and then just goes straight. I mean, I could see it, but it's, 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 but more importantly, it wouldn't really, he's a zombie. It really wouldn't impede him. Right. And he, he is a zombie. He is officially a zombie or, a zombie. you know, cause he's not, he's not conscious, so that wouldn't make him a revenant. A revenant has to be a conscience spirit being who's brought back as a zombie. Right. So when you're a reanimated corpse that has your consciousness, then you're a zombie. A revenant, which right. could mean that Hill is. Well, we're getting ahead. Yeah. So, of course, Kane is freaking out. He's like, what the hell? I don't know what to do. We just killed the Dean. We killed the Dean. He's like, look, shut the fuck up. Here's the, here's the, we can save him. Right. We can bring him back to life. Yeah. And he goes, retard strong, and everyone sees him, but now they're like, oh, he's crazy. He's just gone crazy. He's <laughs> Right, yeah. So he's alive, but he's crazy. So they subdue him, and, you know, and... Now he's in the padded room in Miskatonic U. Yep, being administered, uh, being watched over by Doctor Hill, who has discovered the truth, the sinister truth. Right. That they're alive. That he's al- That he's not alive. He's dead. And then. Right. Yeah. Why is his pulse so, uh, you know, shaky? And you know, and why is his heart rate so erratic? And blah blah blah. And so from this point, it becomes a. Uh, he wants. To- he wants the formula, and he wants the girl, and he wants the power, and so he's going to try blackmailing them, and then things go completely fucking crazy. Right. Yeah, this is where the story starts getting a little weak, because now you really have to suspend a lot, you know? And it, it is Lovecraft, so you kind of you kind of got to do it, but it, you know, it, there's certain things that, uh, you know, I just, uh, sometimes, I can't, I can't. I can't uh, justify, you know, certain things. Yeah. So, so yeah, so he, he, he offs the doctor with a shovel, chopping it, it, off the head. In a crime of passion, it's one of the few times you actually see him actually angry, or he actually shows he's not his usual... Subdued kind of... I mean, uh, Well, he, he does show passion... With his snapping of the pencil fucking times, which... Right. <laughs> Something against the number two. I don't know why. So... Yeah. That would piss me off if you so, Yeah, so he, he, he cuts loose. He's angry. He ch- 
chops off Dr. Hill's head. And, but, of course, As he's, he's got the reagents, so... But at first he's like, he's like, I killed him, what am I going to do? Then he's like, wait a minute. I never reanimated parts before. Right. And I love, I, I think that's one of the best scenes is still when he's, 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 he's trying to get him to work. And it just, and they said that it, that was, um, that was improv where he just, he's trying to get the head to stand up. He, and he sees there's a, uh, what the hell are those things called? I don't know. It's just like one of those pieces of metal with the, with the, with the spike that, the pointed spike that comes up that you throw receipts on or, you know, I guess accountants used it back in the day or something. I don't know. And just like, puts the head right on it. Like, until somebody realized, like, you can't have this spike sticking up. People are going to impale themselves. But that's what they use it for. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So he sticks the head in the tray and uh, reanimates it with the reagent. And he reanimates the body separately, which technically shouldn't work. But, again, movie magic! Right, exactly. Suspend all... And from here on, it becomes typical. Monster has taken over, and you and the doctor has to destroy his monster while fighting it. And we don't really, we shouldn't even spoil the rest. Yeah, I, I guess. So yeah, so the body comes back to life, and you know somehow, Doctor Hill is able to control his body, and also control other reanimated bodies but I mean but was that the laser lobotomy that allowed him to do that somehow maybe I don't know he had it beforehand so I don't know how he was able to control it and be like you will listen to what I say Alan do what I say Alan because at at his introduction was him lobotomizing yeah a dead body, I think it was. Which was a, which was foreshadowing for later. A lot of foreshadowing in this movie. A lot of movie. foreshadowing, yes. The, the, the you know the uh, the creepy music uh, when uh, when the when the girlfriend is uh, you know we'll get married once you're on once you're uh, once you get your PhD or whatever it was. It's like, and then wow. of course you see, okay, is she wearing a red shirt? No. Yeah. Well, Possibly. Well, he's wearing the red shirt, but he survives. This is bizarre. This so compared to the original story, this is completely different. Yeah, because it goes because the original story it was in segments over seven years. It was just literally okay. I met Herbert West. We're going to school, um, and we went to the Potter's Field. We dug up a body. I don't know what happened, but then the next day, some crazy some Italian woman said that she saw a crazy person running around, super super strong. The next one, oh, we there was a, a Negro man that we and that's a term they used, unfortunately. Lovecraft, Lovecraft <laughs> hey, was a xenophobe. Yeah, well, you know, hey, he's back, like it was it was the nineteen twenties. Yeah, and he's like, so we brought him back to life, and he ran away, and then next thing we know is he knocked on the door, and we saw him, and we used six bullets to kill him. Mm. And it just this seemed more like we, they took the inspiration from it, and they told one segment of what could happen and then they ended up in such such a way like I think they stole it I think they stole it from Pet Cemetery the majority of it which was just the reanimating bodies monsters turn evil and then we end it with the typical we're gonna bring back whatever we're gonna bring something back and hint that might go horribly wrong right exactly oh but um, trying to think here. There's a lot we haven't covered, right? Um, yeah, unless we want to spoil it, you know, and just give it all away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is 1985. But 
it, it is it is past our, our statute of limitation, but it's a, a horror movie. So, eh, fuck it. We'll go into it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you haven't seen Reanimator by now, um, you probably won't. And I don't think that, you know, listening to this podcast will dissuade you from uh, from watching this movie. Yeah. Because it is a fun movie. It is a cult. It is a cult classic. It's it's one, it's a good Halloween movie. It's a good, actually, Saturday night, midnight movie we watch with friends. You can drink to it, you have popcorn to it, laugh at the horrible, horrible grossness. And it is pretty gross. And from another thing I read on, I'm not going to lie, I read on IMDb, that they all went to medical school to get all the sounds, all the terminologies right. Because supposedly that is really what it's like to, to, to remove a skull. It's like peeling yeah. an orange. And the, and the effect on that was great. That was just... Ugh. Yeah, I mean, that that is probably one of the best executed um, scalpings that I've ever seen uh, on film. It, that was spot on. I, it, this, this, the, the special effects of this movie were, were hit or miss. and But it was more hit than miss. You know, when they pulled something off really well, it was really good. And, you know, sometimes they got a little cheesy because, well, you know, it is a horror movie and sometimes you just want it to be effective visually uh, rather than it be, you know, effective, uh, you know, uh, I guess, technically. What do you think about the hill head? Oh, the hill head. Like when when they the actual um, the prop head or or the where they where the uh, where they integrated him as being a disembodied head besides the typical in the the tray. Well, you know, I, and that's where you have to suspend a bit because obviously when your head is severed from your body, it's you know you can't speak. You know, there's just no way that you're going to be able to talk. Because uh, your lungs have to inflate and they, you know, create sound through your voice box and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, but it is Lovecraft, so you have to, you know, you have to kind of let that go and be like, all right, well, uh, there's also no explanation for why he can control other dead bodies. You just got to let it go. Um, I thought it was effective. I thought, you know, when they when they inserted the his real head in certain scenes, they did, they did it effectively, especially when he's being... Um, when he's being uh, uh, held above a naked girl, and you know, I think that was gross and creepy, and yeah, you know, a I naked think... co-ed, and it's it's, and I bet you there are some people who are like that's a hot scene, man. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of creepy people out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, you would think that you know this girl probably really wouldn't want to survive this uh, ordeal because uh, that would probably leave you traumatized. Yeah, I mean, her father came back from the dead and was all crazy, and he got ripped apart, and then she was almost raped by a severed head. Yeah, I'm surprised the head didn't go for use the body for anything. He's just going for himself. I mean, like really, <laughs> right? <laughs> Except right. for touching the boobs. He's like, I can right. feel the boobs. Right. Yeah. Another. Yeah. He. He. Yeah. You could tell that there was some sort of telepathic link between the body and him, and he's actually feeling. He's. He's getting the feeling of having to, you know, touch this girl's breasts, and I don't know. But and, and the uh, other thing is that he made it. He poured blood into to, to give himself more oxygenated blood, which made sense. But then he. he you use the reagent, and you're like, wait a minute, so you have to use the reagent? So wouldn't the reagent make the blood not necessary? Yeah, I don't know. There, Plot holes! Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, yeah, there's some holes in it, and there's, you know, you gotta kind of let the storyline get weak in order to, you know, facilitate the horror of it. Yeah, it's got horror, but it's also got a lot of comedy in it in very weird ways. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's dark. Dark for sure, yeah. It's a dark, it's a dark, not, it's not even, it's not splatstick like Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2. It's more like it's got the right touch of where to put the horror, the comedy in it, though, just the right moment mm. where it could be just Herbert saying something deadpan or Kane being stupid as usual or just the terrible acting between Barbara Crampton and Bruce Abbott. Yeah, yeah. I think I think when when you have a horror of this kind, this B kind of horror, you can't help but but have funny moments because there's blood splattering. You know that you're just gonna you're gonna laugh that off. You know when you have a dead body, you know going, you know, like you 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 gotta kind of laugh that off. You're not gonna get creeped out by it. You know. Yeah, or when you have someone's intestines wrapping around a person, <laughs> yeah, and it's like what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, or like you said, or, or a security guard is just sitting there like, it's break time. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's smoking in a hospital. Yeah, like, I don't remember ever, I don't remember there being any smoking allowed in any hospital, but... 1980s. 1985, I guess it was okay. Yes. So, um, let's see. Uh, um, so what was your best, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Huh, wow, the scene that I thought was best executed or best or the most the scene which stood out the most um the 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 scene that i thought would might have depicted this as a serious horror movie um because i believe that they were serious when they made this even though you can't help but you know laugh some of it off i really do think it was that initial um scalping scene you know because it was it was done very seriously you know and the, the effect was really great and you know there was it, it, it was just well executed. So, based on that, if I had been shown only that clip of the movie, I really would have thought, like, this is a serious movie. Like, they're not messing around here, you know? But, um... I would have went with... But I agree that's a scene which is very... It's, it's powerful. It's a good point reference. But I think the scene which completely shows this is right when he's explaining the reagent to... Dan, when he shows him how it works. Oh, on, he, on on Rufus. Yeah, where he's saying and he's like, "You're crazy." It's like next, like, no, this is this is this will work. This will conquer death. Life, right. you know, bring life back. We'll be famous. Right. You live lifetimes. Yep. And that's what makes this scene. I mean, there are other scenes which are really good. I mean, like I said, when he reanimated uh, Hill, or when he reanimated uh, the Dean, all the reanimation scenes are really good. Hmm. Um. Well, the only scenes that are weak, I hate to say, are with between Barbara and Bruce. I mean, it's they had no chemistry, really. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's kind of a weak actress, I guess, or maybe she was at the time. Who knows how good she is now? But yeah, but it was kind of weak. Maybe it was the lack of chemistry, or you know, I don't know. Um, or maybe it was just Bruce Abbott can act because he's just like, yo, yes, uh, I wanted to check if see if you're okay. Yeah, I think you should leave. Uh, no, I think you should leave. Yeah. 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 And I think you're exactly, yeah, I think you're right. Any scenes between the two of them were kind of probably the worst scenes, uh, in the movie. Yeah. I have a small cast here, so, you know, that your percentage is pretty, the percentage is pretty high when one of your leads is, you know, dragging the movie down. But it's not too bad because you have that, I don't even, it's not a bromance that, it's something else. Camaraderie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
yeah, camaraderie. I mean, he does tell him like, hey, you know, you're the you're a smart, intelligent guy, and you have you know resources, and you know, like, yeah, it's kind of like it's yeah. like you're using him, but you're 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 stroking the ego just enough. To... Well, everybody got used in this movie, I think. You know, that was the point. Everybody ended up being somebody's bitch in this movie at some point or other. <laughs> I just like her when he hears her. He's like that bitch. <laughs> It's like, no, she can't come in here. He's like, oh, well. And so who is your LV? So your LVP is obviously going to be Barbara. Barbara, yeah. I agree. Who's your MVP? Who's your most valuable player in the movie? Um, I would say Jeffrey Combs. You know, he's he was very very well cast as uh, as Herbert. I, I agree. But part of me wants to go with David Gale because, he, one, he had to shave his head for the role. Uh-huh. And he had to spend half the movie as a disembodied head. And right. he's just that kind of maniacal Christopher Lee-esque mm. villain. Because I could see Christopher Lee in that role. Almost. Right, right, I think right. he'd do better. Yeah. He'd be a little more creepy. I'd say he's um, he's second in my mind. But, Definitely. but Jeffrey Combs did steal the show. It was his show to begin with. Right. And if, if they were going to remake this today, I mean, I really don't see anyone who could do Herbert West justice nowadays. I mean, yeah, there's just something in Jeffrey eyes that you know like it just it just screams intense you know like he's just got these intense eyes that like like oh they really like lock on and it's almost soulless you could say it's kind of like it's intense but it's like kind of like you look in there and you're like there's no humanity no it's just cold i guess yeah i could i mean i don't know i mean i'm trying to think i mean if they're remaking this now i'm wondering who would they get to play Herbert West nowadays with the current cast of actors. I mean, I don't see anybody. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can, nobody's, nobody comes to mind. Uh, you know, Names pop in, but then they pop out because I just don't think anybody has that intensity to to do this guy justice. Um, and, you know, he set the bar kind of high, I think, because, uh, you know, you'd think Reanimator in the first, you know... I I saw this movie a very long, long time ago. Uh, probably maybe in the 80s. Uh, so, you know, and the one thing you remember is, is Jeffrey Combs, you know? Like, he's the guy. You know, he is the reanimator. I, I saw this in the 90s, and it was, you know, what I saw it on USA. Yeah. When it used to be on USA, when they had it all blocked out. This is the first real time I saw it with all the tits. Well, things, I was like, whoa. USA up all night? Was it up all night? No, it was the other one, the one with the guy at the cowboy, the 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 uh, the, the driving, the horror driving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, one of those two. Oh god, I remember those. I also remember that was that was after before Silk Stockings or after Silk Stockings. Yes, yes. Which was the ultimate cocktail show, but we're not gonna try copying any shtick from any other podcast with that rant. But I gotta mention that you know I you know you you go to his bedroom you know and they and they just finished doing it and they pan up. And the poster behind his bed is Talking Head. Talking Heads. Well done. Well done, uh, producers of this. Dropping that little uh, Easter egg in there. Well done. Um. No. I. Let's see. I'm gonna Appropriate at... for the time because it was 1985. So. Yep. I'm gonna see something quickly. Um. Oh, that's why. I see why they got <laughs> shaved his head. Apparently, according to IMDb, David Gale shaved his head because the fact is they couldn't afford to pay for the head prop, so they had to use the same. They had to use the same toupee. 
so they so he shaved his own head. They gave him the same toupee that they were going to use on the head prop later on. Yeah. So that's how they made the head prop hair match his hair. Yeah. That's wow. cheap, but it works. That, wow. David Gale, um, I hope, you know, I don't know if Mr. David Gale is still alive, but I would hope that they they uh, reimbursed him and uh, compensated him uh, greatly for that, uh, for that um, commitment to this film. Mm-hmm. And although some other tribute notes, they went through 25 gallons of fake blood, and the brains of the severed head were meat byproducts, ground beef, and fake blood. Oh, God, that's awful. And everyone who was behind the camera had garbage bags over their clothes because they had no idea how far the brain would splatter. That, 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 yeah, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I wonder how many, uh, uh, gallons of blood were in uh, in uh, Peter Jackson's uh, Dead Alive because I think that one probably beats it in gallons of blood used. That's pretty sick. Well, nowadays they just CG it in. Yeah, CG or you know, but a lot of it's you know, even if it's practically made, you know, it's gelatin based or silicone based, and it's just really realistic. But to use real meat, that's that's like that's like Toby Hooper subjecting his you know his actors to rotting meat. On the set of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that that added to the ambiance of that for that movie. Even though I, I hate to say it, that first movie amazing. The remake, what the fuck were you smoking? Oh uh, well, yeah, you know because uh, that was you, you, you used the remake. Oh yes, yes. and then did you see the I actually owned the remake because I found it for you know for three bucks. So it was that was pretty. Then the new new one, they it's the true successor. And no, yeah, no. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do the one with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Where where he did his little. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Hey Sarah, go like this. Are you Dennis Hopper? The, the uh, Leatherface in that did the the chainsaw dance, but now I'm thinking about about Sarah doing the chainsaw dance. I, oh yes, yes, yes. I got you. I got you. Oh good. Well, yeah. But Dennis Hopper using the two chainsaws to kill all the other ones and. Yeah. Oh, definitely horror movies. Yep. Oh, such crazy horror movies. So, is there anything else on your notes before we get into the, the other parts? No, I think, uh, you know, the movie suffered a little bit in continuity. There was a couple of scenes where they messed up. Uh, uh like, you know, they shot, yeah, they shot some stuff out of sequence or moved something on the set and just didn't put it back. Like, the, the telephone that was ringing and ringing and ringing because, uh, uh, because um, security man Mace was, you know, in the bathroom with Boudoir magazine, and also the 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 door which had the broken the broken glass, and then you know two scenes later, you know the glass is intact because it hadn't been broken. Actually, they never even show the glass breaking. They never actually show that the head, you know, you know uh, the the body, you know the headless body, you know rummaging and bashing the room apart. I kind of figure that's what. Yeah, that's well, what I thought too, it, and then you don't see that. It's, yeah, you don't actually see it's, it, it. It's like in you know, when we did Cobra, how beginning of the movie, Schwarzenegger has the bandage on his face. He doesn't get that until the middle of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's they were pretty spot on with people's um, uh, people's uh, injuries though in this. Movie. Yeah, the like, the, the injury makeup was well done. Well done, and it was consistent. So, like you know, throughout the movie, even though like a day has passed or two days have passed, uh, you know, the 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 actors, the characters still have the you know the, 
you know, whatever wound was inflicted, it still remained. Harmy still thinks that that one, the the one on uh, Dan's face, was actually they punched him like that. Yeah, it looked it looked pretty good. I, I it was, it was pretty good. It didn't look like it was makeup. So uh, let's see. Yeah, score was tarot. The score was mediocre. The best. It was effective, but uh, plagiarized. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard worse, but I've heard better. Yeah. It was it was okay. It fit the movie. It was a B movie. It was good. So out of our five point rating system, what would you give 1985's H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator, loosely based on Reanimator? I would go with um, yeah, have it on in the background. Well, surfing the internet for porn. Uh, well, it was borderline porn, so kind of I could see. It. Yeah, I guess you tune in for the parts where the naked girl comes on, and then you move on to you know. Facebook or something or other. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's some choice scenes, but the movie overall is... It's worth watching on the TV maybe during a Halloween. If you have one of those... those You pick a bunch of scary movies, you could throw this one on. I'm going to go with the worth watching once in theaters or in DVD, because it is one of those movies you can watch occasionally. But yeah. it is... it is That's being generous. I would go with, you know, if I had to choose between two, I'd kind of If just... you had a two and a half... You had a two and a half. That would be. Yeah, but I'm just gonna round up. Uh, you know what? I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna retract mine, and I'm gonna go with three. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's worth watching once. It is a cult movie. You have to see it once at least to. I mean, it it might even pique your interest in seeing the others, and then you'll be disappointed. So. Uh, but that's with any horror movie, you get disappointed. I mean, it goes. You generally go worse, 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 worse. Then you get a remake, which might be better, or they might just take the character and they say, hey, here's a possible idea of what we could do to make it different. Nah, nah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to fucking crib it all over again. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth, worth watching once. Um, you know, yeah, like I said, I watched it once so long ago that I barely remember any of it. And, um, you know, I think this is one of those movies where you end up seeing more clips of it um, than you actually see the movie. So maybe you see the... When you actually see it, you're like, okay, great. Um, you know, I can check that off the list of movies that I yeah. should have at least seen once. Yeah, it's one of those movies that it should be on your bucket list, maybe, for movies to see, I think. The only um, film... I, yeah, any self-respecting horror fan would at least see this once. I agree. You'd see this once. Um, uh, the only other film which would... Of the sequels, maybe Bride... Beyond Reanimator, Jeffrey Combs is back, but still, it's, mm. I don't know. It's, it, it has a huge continuity error in the, but all horror movies have a continuity error. I mean, look at, look at Halloween. He gets decapitated, and oh no, it wasn't him, it was someone else. Right, oh god, please. Please, <laughs> please. I actually liked H2O. So did I. So did I. But. Resurrection was terrible. Yeah. And yes. since we're, we're doing this, what did you think, did you see Nightmares remake? No, I did not. No, I did not. I'm I'm not a big remake guy. Um, I'm actually very anti remake. Um, there are certain ones that just you just don't need to redo. And um, maybe I'm kind of a little, maybe I'm a little biased when it comes to Carpenter. I really don't think that like you can't make them better. Um, yeah. So Halloween didn't need to be remade. Um, the Fog did not have to be remade. <laughs> The fog was just the, the fog. It was just it was Tom Welling was trying to get in, and unfortunately, Tom Welling, you failed horribly. You're a better director now, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I did didn't like about 
Nightmare, because we may do... I don't even know if we're going to get to Nightmare, but if... Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. They had the opportunity to do something very different. Mm-hmm. And they gave you hints of it. They breadcrumbed it. Mm. And they had the possibility to do that. And that would have made the movie so much more powerful. Mm. And they just say, no, we're just going to go with the real. It's like, we're, we're just going to remake what you've already seen. We're just going to... Um, We're just going to make right. it newer because, you know, now... Okay, since it is... I'm going to spoil... Alright, spoiler, so skip ahead. Summarize it quickly, Zan. I'm not summarizing quickly. I'm going to say the spoiler, the part. You've been warned. So pretty much in Nightmare, they give the hint that he was actually innocent. Hmm. That they killed him, but he was innocent. Okay. And the thing is, they say, oh no, he actually was he was a pedophile. If they had said that Freddy Krueger was innocent... Yeah, that would have been great. It would have made it so much more powerful, because yeah, he yeah. was an innocent person. But no, they say, no, he was. Yeah, that sucks. That's I'm, cheesy. I mean, the same thing with the Halloween remake. When in the Halloween remake... Doctor Don't Lo- even get me started. Dr. Loomis <laughs> is his friend. No, Dr. Loomis has wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill him from the fucking beginning. Yeah, no. That was the whole... He wanted to keep him locked up until he died. Had Loomis um, been able to, you know, to... to convince, you know, the mental health board that you're better off euthanizing this person, he would have. Because he knew that there was no soul there, and that, you know, it was only evil. You know, he was the personification of evil. And as much as, and I'll just say this quickly, as much as I love Rob Zombie, I'm sorry, but you don't need to explain the boogeyman. That's what made Halloween great. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, I agree. I agree. The only saving grace was Malcolm McDowell being Malcolm McDowell. Well, he's a great actor, you know. And he, he's he, he always brings levels and 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 layers to every character, and he's just committed. He he gets it. He gets he gets his roles. You know, he he's invested. I guess, and he always delivers. Even if it's a terrible movie like that or Fist of North Star. Yeah, yeah. But he tried, and it was still, you know. This what is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre that we're not going to get into. I mean, and I'm hearing they're going to remake one of my favorites, one of the movies we reviewed early on in this version of the podcast, which was they're remaking Hellraiser. Wow. Why, I don't know. And Hellraiser is like, what, eight films in or something? I mean, it's ridiculous. There's been Hellraiser in space at this point. And that was the that was the uh, mid nineties. I, I liked I I liked I liked Bloodlines. I liked that everyone's like oh that's just the, the in space. I liked that. I thought it was interesting. I mean I liked the concept of it. The first one was amazing. Yeah. Second one was good. Yeah. Third one was meh. Bloodlines was okay, but then after that it goes kind of crazy. But I liked the one where it was. The, was the third one where they actually started incorporating technological uh, things into the into the into the uh, into the uh, um, no third thir- the, third second one is with the Leviathan and the third one is when yeah when he they had split apart where it was uh, the priest Cenobite mm-hmm. or as we know him as Pinhead right. separated from uh, Carl whatever the hell his name is. They separated, so now he was just a soulless Cenobite without the human aspect. That's when they made them demons. Right. Which was kind of why it was terrible, because originally they were just, we didn't know what they were. And they weren't evil. Right. And that's what I always liked about them. They they're not, they weren't the villains. The villain was no. was Frank or, right. or what's her name? Or, uh, Julie. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Julia, Julia. Julia, yeah. Always uh, it's Julie or Julia, like in, Julia. Like in our Darkman episode. Julie! Oh, God. He said that like 70 times in that movie. We actually have a sound of him saying it. But, <laughs> but just Julie. But I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think you sometimes, you know, when a franchise gets a bit, um, 
when a franchise is successful, um, you you milk it a little bit, and then you just gotta say like, you know what? Just let's just reinvent it. Let's just totally change it because uh, you know it. I mean, you know, the producers out there have to hear, you know, the rep. You know, like they gotta hear feedback from from the fans saying like, you know, wow, that that was really awful. You know, let's not do what Hellraiser did. Let's do, you know. There's something but, else. But these are the same people who make the same movie four times. We're going to make a movie about people using cameras. First one. Okay. Novel. Second one. Alright. They're still in the house. Meh. Third one. Okay, now they're all holding the camcorders and they're holding their cell phones. Yeah. Now webcams and Skype and... Are you fucking kidding me at this point? Yeah. This is a fucking joke. I mean... In all these haunted house movies, I'm sorry, and and this is gonna sound racist, but you know what? White people are fucking crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're gonna stay in the house. It's haunted. Well, you know, hey, you know, you've made an investment in the house. Uh, you don't wanna, you don't wanna leave. If you, if if your house was haunted, would you and your wife stay? You know, um, that's a that's a tough question because we probably want our house to be haunted. Um, <laughs> But, you know, uh, a, a townhouse built in 1995 usually isn't. Uh, <laughs> it is. You got a problem. Usually not haunted. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, like, we recently watched American Horror Story, the first uh, the first season. And, uh, yeah, you know, at, at one point, you know, the they're like, you know, okay, you know, the wife kind of smartens up. She's like, we're out of here. I don't care. And meanwhile, the, the, the husband's like, no, 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 we spent enough money in this house and, uh, you know, I got my practice here. I gotta, I gotta, we gotta stick it out. It's like, no, no, we don't. And then she moves out with her daughter and then she gets lured back and then everybody dies. Yeah. So, you know, that's a spoiler. Sorry. No, we were in, we're in the spoiler <laughs> spoilers, so we're fine. <laughs> but yeah, but it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's just, I, yeah, anyway. I don't know. It's, it's, they're remaking, uh, but. I would probably leave the house. Yeah, I would. I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, this. Yeah. Here, here's here's a match. Burn the fucking place down. If it lets the spirit out, fine, fucking. Yeah, I'll take the loss on the uh, on the on the purchase of the house. Uh, we just need some new. We just need some new horror movies, or we need a good remake. I mean, the only real remake of the old '50s ones, which I really enjoyed, was Thirteen Ghosts. Thirteen Ghosts was visually beautiful. Um, they they did have a. a decent cast. I, I think Matthew Lillard is is a fantastic actor. Um, Tony Shalhoub did a really good Tony Shalhoub is a great actor. Um, I just think um, it didn't do well and I'm not sure. I think maybe it was just timing. Timing of the release. Um, but uh, I think, you know, some of the effects were 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 really good, almost like almost like the frighteners, you know, like like some of the yeah. you know, some of the visual effects were really effective, and some of them were kind of like, well, I know I know how you do that ghost effect. It's kind of cheesy, you know. <laughs> Come up with a different way of doing it. But it works, and also you see that it kind of does that, where it's you have that where it was the scene when you have the uncle, um, where he's pretending to be a ghost, and it had that effect going to it. Mm. I'll have to rewatch it because we saw. I think we saw it in the theater, so I, you know, it's been a while since I've seen that one. I just remember thinking like it's this was an underdog movie, you know. Like I, I don't think it was ever meant to do well. Um, yeah, it did better than uh, House on Haunted Hill, and why they made a sequel to that, I have no freaking mm. clue. I really don't know. That was what was what was the most um, original horror movie that you've seen in the last 
five years. Actually, one which I'm putting on the list for the dodecahedron, which we're writing right now. <laughs> okay. Interesting. That's very interesting. Did you see it? I have not seen it. Um, I have heard of it, and I know that there are, there's a sequel. Um, but the sequel is like Saw Levels of Insane, but it's like still, it's a good premise. It, mm-hmm. It's the, the sequel is Aliens. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? Um, it goes to like a, a group of Marines, you know, uh, infiltrating and trying to deal with the <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. And and the main character, who the survivor from the first movie, is being held at gunpoint to. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I I think uh, that's a that's an interesting one, and 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 I find that kind of uh, serendipitous because uh, they were they were promoting that movie quite a bit um when i was at the uh the uh long beach uh uh comic and horror convention in uh, november really they were the, yeah the collect it's it's they, a it's worth watching it's a good horror movie that's what i that's it's, what I heard. it's original which is good it's because we don't have too many original premises anymore it's either we're stealing from japan or we're yeah. or we're remaking and i hate to say it but pulse was a, the remake was terrible oh really Mm. Have you seen Pulse? No. Red tape will save you from the monster, from the from the from the alternate dimension beings. Wow, that's like water saving you in signs. Oh god, I hate that movie. <laughs> it's it's a it, it was a sci-fi movie too. It's like oh aliens are coming. Yeah, we're aliens. We're gonna take over this planet and we're allergic to water. Mm. This planet is seventy percent water. Mm. A plus B equals seven. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. Um, but before I forget, remember, uh, check out the Haywire web series. It's actually pretty interesting. It's a very, um, I don't want to say post-apoc heroes zombie collaboration, but... I have. I'm not opposed to it being a zombie genre, um, but you know, in Haywire, uh, yeah, these these uh, affected people are not uh, they're not flesh eating ghouls. So, um, but you know, but there are you know there are different. I, I, I yeah, you know, they're they're definitely affected people that are um, you know, and it's pretty much the trials and tribulations the survivors of this event have to deal with. It's a pretty cool series, but either way, let's get to that part we're all waiting for. We're not talking about. I'm talking about that one, that only, the dodecahedron of movies. Well, so we're gonna. There's nine movies here. We're gonna roll this twelve-sided object, and whenever we'll number it lands, and that's reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Movie Review. But this is twelve-sided dice, and there's only nine movies listed. That's right. So what we're gonna do is, if it lands on a ten. That means it's going to be your choice of the my, of the nine movies listed. Yes, if it lands on eleven, we roll again. If okay. it lands on twelve, it's going to be my choice. Okay. So roll and see what we're reviewing in the next episode. Let's see. Are the uh, are the numbers still colored in sufficiently? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's just a very is, cra- is this a crayon colored in? No. Okay. All right. Here we go. It's a nineties dice. <laughs> if it falls off the table, we re-roll, right? Yes. Okay. Great. Tres. Hey! The Collector. A collection. A collection. 
uh, well, we should put the collector because that's the second one. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> you can't watch the second one without watching the first one. I mean, right. we did that with Spider Man, and that did not end well. Uh, yeah, that's oh, one yeah. of the that's one of the missing episodes. Oh, I gotcha. Because Spider Man Two is an amazing movie. But anyway, so in the next episode of the Spark and Movie, we're reviewing a movie about a guy in a luchador mask who breaks into a house and kills people. But he's not the bad guy. No, he is the bad guy. Oh. All right. It's uh, pretty much a bad guy breaks into a house to steal something, comes into one of these saw situations, and now, what do you do? Do you get the fuck out, or do you save the family? But is he the lesser of two bad guys? That's the the, the guy, yes, the, the, the thief is the lesser of the two bad guys. Right. Yep. So, not that dissimilar to Reanimator. Yes. Because you, you, you might say that Herbert was, he's kind of a bad guy, because he's not the protag. He was... I'd say he's not the antagonist, but he's not the protagonist either. Right. He is just there. He is the catalyst for everything that he goes is, horribly wrong. Yeah, he's the catalyst. And he's a better protagonist than our protagonist, because our protagonist <laughs> is dull as a block of wood. Yeah, yeah. Um. So with that in mind, um, I guess that's it for this episode. So, um, so this is Lou, and my favorite quote of the movie is... We can defeat death. We can achieve every doctor's dream. You'll be famous. And live lifetimes. And this is your host, Zahn, for the Spock and Movie Review. And my favorite quote from 1985's H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator is... Is he dead? Of course. Will you give me a hand here? Now, he interrupted an important experiment in progress. But granted, it was an accident. But this is the freshest body that we could come across, save of killing one ourselves. And every moment that we spent talking about it cost us results. Now, will you give me a hand? Dan... We can bring him back to life. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you guys appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another fun-filled episode, and um, what's a good phrase for this week? Remember, kids, if you see a cat on the road, don't try to reanimate it. Bad things will happen, or take it to a burial ground. Right, yeah. Don't, don't try to reanimate roadkill. Or your, or your spouse. Yes. Your significant other. Yes. Leave it be. Leave it be. Ah, okay. Cool. Killing it.
Let's go. It's going to be coming any minute. He failed. Not I. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to twelve minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. <laughs> but lately they're getting out of hands. <laughs> And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. <laughs> Dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job and a sideshow. It will scare you to pieces.